Now, in the early noughties, a man named William Little was evicted from his home in Hackney in London. And the reason was that William had been busy. He had tunnelled underneath the house so much that it seemed to be a compulsion for him. The house was left vacant for some years until the artist Sue Webster bought it. Sue, good afternoon. Hello. Uh, So how much is known about William Little specifically... What got him into tunnelling, and, and which obviously seemed to lead to compulsive tunnelling? I don't know what um, got him into tunnelling. I think it was a sign from God, some sort of calling. I think there's other people out there that tunnel that I've heard of, that I know about. Um, this is one that um, probably got um, somehow found out, if you like, by the authorities, because maybe other people tunnel and uh, they do it underneath their own properties like he did. But um, I think William Little was uh, also a bit of a showman and he liked to brag about what he was doing. And I think he got in the local newspapers and even on the radio and then he didn't keep it a secret anymore. People Mm. then got terrified. And the the tunnelling he did, was it just beneath his own house or was he kind of going underneath the houses beside him? Well, rumour had it that he was tunnelling to try and uh, reach the Barclays Bank, which was on the corner of Dalston Junction. (laughs) Now, I don't know if that's true or that was just something he threw out there. Um, uh, Neighbours thought he was going to pop up in their garden um, over the road. But but when when I bought the property, there was no signs of any tunnels leading across the road um, because the council, when they evicted him, um, uh, came along with a concrete mixer and put the hose through the letterbox and press play. And oh. then it basically filled up the guard, the whole garden and everything because they were just terrified this building was going to collapse. There was a, There is a, a true story of that the, um, the council did reroute the number 76 bus. There was a bus stop outside the house on Stamford Road, which had people obviously waiting outside um, on the street, waiting to go to work. And the the council was so terrified under pressure from local neighbours that um, they decided to reroute the bus so it doesn't go down Stamford Road anymore. They thought that um, all of a sudden everybody waiting for the bus that day would just sink into a hole. And and, (laughs) like he, he got an extraordinary amount of stuff down into these holes. Yeah, well, uh, well, again, you know, by the time I bought the, the property, it was filled up with aerated concrete from the council. But the con- but the council hadn't bothered clearing the area beforehand. So there was many items that were like um, cast um, in situ that mm. we had to dig out. We didn't dig out any cars. We did find fragments of a boat, a disabled vehicle. Um, there was there were doors just standing there as if uh, frozen in time. It was almost like a modern day Pompeii situation. Yeah. But we had to sort of the, my my builders came along there to dig literally dig my garden back out of the concrete. There was two thousand tons of concrete. My um, my contractor told me, and it and, and it took between two hundred and fifty and three hundred skips to get rid of it. Good God! And that was the ca- that was what the council left me. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, because they were te- they, they were terrified the house was unstable and yeah. then it collapsed. Uh, now and so so the, the concrete that you had removed, have you been able to go down beneath the the level of the house now? Well, yeah, because we um, obviously when I bought it, it wasn't as a monument to them to William Little. I bought it because I wanted a practical house and studio somewhere to live and somewhere to work. And so I worked with the um, architect, David Ajay, who I'd done projects with in the past. And um, 
So we drew up a plan where I could preserve the build, the, the top half of the building, which was, well, preserve the exterior of it, but totally gut it and rebuild it on the inside because it was really rotten. Um, and so part of that plan was to dig out a studio for me in uh, in the basement. Um, old Victorian houses are sort of like they, they're, they're semi-subterranean, um, so they're hot. When you walk in the front door, you sort of step um, half underneath the pavement. We just kept digging down until we hit the water table, literally. And we did hit the water table. Um, we wanted to go a bit deeper, so I had a, a taller studio, but we couldn't because obviously um, <laughs> we'd hit water and we had to very quickly pour a concrete slab. Yeah. And so it, what's underneath the house? Uh, is that as big as the house itself now? <laughs> you could say. Um, well, it's a three story property. Well, a two and a half because half of the, the building was on, uh, uh, half, half the floor was already underground. We dug out probably, I'd say, another gosh, um, was that it's hard to tell, really um, underneath. Yeah, probably about another 12 foot we went down. Yeah, so we dug out another floor at least. Yeah. Um, so my studio's double height. And when you bought the house, I should say, had he neg- mm. completely neglected the above ground part of it? Yeah, yeah. The roof had caved in. There'd been a fire. I think maybe some squatters had been in, had got in there and um, it set, set the place on fire. So the, the entire roof had collapsed. So there's no roof. Um, hence water coming in and, and rotted out any woodwork that was in there. So... The bay windows were made, were wooden. They they were all rotted. We kept the shape, me and David Ajay, and cast them all in concrete. So the bay windows are now concrete. That must have cost, cost you a fortune. I, I'm sure yeah, you've got, got a really nice house in Hackney for, for <laughs> less money. Well, the thing is, it's two houses. I, I paid yeah. for one um, It's uh, because it was two houses uh, and they're standalone as well. They they sit on a beautiful plot in um, De Beauvoir. So De Beauvoir has um, five triangles so it's where two roads meet. I'm, I'm sitting on a triangular plot and it was uh, two Victorian houses back to back with mm. two entrances. Um, and I just knocked the wall, the, the, the party wall through to make one giant building. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I knew when I wanted to buy it in auction what my limit was because I at the time I knew what one house was worth. And I just thought, well, if I can buy it two houses for the price of one, I know I've got to spend some money doing them up. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, and, so, and were your neighbours, when they started to see the concrete coming out of the house, were they slightly unnerved by that? I think they were just glad that something was happening because the house had been sat derelict. Mm. Um, nobody knew what to do with it. it uh, the council had erected a scaffolding all the way around it because they were worried it was going to fall down. Um, they all, all also um, erected a eight-foot-high fencing around the perimeter of corrugated iron so it was quite an eyesore, I think, to the local neighbourhood because it's actually there's some beautiful Victorian houses around here. So I think everybody was my. I mean, I've talked to my neighbours. People came over and shook my hand, <laughs> you know, <laughs> as if to say, "Thank God, somebody has the guts or the madness to take this on," you know. And uh, it was a, a labour of love. It, uh, the, the the project took about five years to complete. Lots of stopping and starting because, of course, when an architect designs something on a computer. It's very different from real life. So mm. you, you came across a lot of unknowns, i.e. we hit the water table. Therefore, we couldn't go down deep enough. Therefore, we had to change the heights of all that. You know, you have to work backwards. You have to go, OK, now that's the bottom. We have to readjust the floor levels going all the way through it. So there's a hell of a lot of stopping and starting and decisions you have to make on your feet. You can't, um, you know, you can't always like reapply to the council because they take weeks and weeks and weeks to come back to you with an answer. You have to do a lot of, uh, you know, thinking fast. 
Yeah. I mean, imagine before the, bef- yeah, before the building got flooded or again or something, you know, terrible happened. And after William uh, after uh, William Little was, was evicted from there, I, as I understand yeah. it, they sent him to an apartment, you know, in the belief that he couldn't do any damage there. <laughs> they evicted him, yeah, for his own good, apparently, although he owned the property. I don't quite fathom how they managed to do that, but they did. And he went into social housing and um, apparently started... Uh, knocking the walls through. <laughs> he's like a, you know, he's probably like a, his animal instincts kicked in. He's like a caged animal. Yeah. He didn't want to be, he didn't want to be caged in. But he knew what he was doing. Um, mm. When my, my contractors came in to start like, you know, making sense of it all and testing the foundations, because of course, you know, the council and the neighbours were terrified the building was unstable. When uh, when my contractors came in and they started to, with pneumatic drills to try and um, penetrate the foundations just to see what condition they were in, they couldn't penetrate his mix of concrete. So his ingredients that he'd made um, had everything but the kitchen sink in it, literally. You know, he made a concrete mixture which had rocks in it, it had flint, it had um, pieces of scaffold, bars, whatever in there. So you, they couldn't even penetrate the foundations so the, they said the building would never, ever have fallen down in a million years. Okay, because he was a civil engineer, so he kind of... Yeah, he yeah. knew what he was doing. We came across, um, when we were um, clearing out the building before we started work, we came across lots of drawings. So he had lots of plans for more um, more extensions, I guess. My word. Uh, maybe <laughs> if, he, if he had his way, the bank would have probably disappeared into the ground uh, at some point. Uh, Sue yeah. Webster, thanks a million for talking to us today. You're welcome. It's my pleasure.